welcome back to Write Dammit with me, Zoe Richards, your host. This is the podcast for writers of all kinds who maybe get stuck with your writing. This podcast will help you get unstuck and help re-motivate you so that you get the writing done. Episode 46, and in this episode I wanted to have a chat about something that came up in a conversation at a writing get-together, or writer's get-together, and Janine made the comment that um, you lot are all so much more advanced than I am. And it really generated quite an interesting conversation and it got me thinking as well. So I do the podcast and I have chats with authors who have written and published one book, three books, four, five. I think J.D. Kirk was over 300 books. And, you know, I'm listening to these people and I'm sitting there thinking, but you guys are all so much more advanced than I am. And it got me back to thinking about in episode 45, when I was talking with Ivy Niao, where she was saying about how fear is kind of like in a cycle. And so we go through one cycle of fear and then we move on to another and on to another. And I think this is a really interesting topic to think about, that all of us tend to be sitting there thinking everybody else is more advanced than we are. But part of what came up in this conversation of writers was that actually being advanced in one way doesn't mean you're advanced in all ways. So maybe you are a published author. So I've read a novel of somebody I won't mention who, and I will probably never read another novel of hers again. She has written 12 or 13 novels I think she originally self-published and from there was then picked up by one of the top five publishers and she has made a big name for herself. I think her writing is awful. Now, some of that is going to be subjective, obviously, but also for me, it felt a very immature kind of writing. So she's advanced in that she has been published, she's been published numerous times and she's been published by a major publishing house. But she's not necessarily as advanced as other novels. So I'm reading at the moment, well, I call it reading, but it's audible. Um, Charlotte Levin's novel, If I Let You Go. I've got to say it's amazing. It's her second novel, only her second novel. But her writing is so advanced. So I think there's something we need to pick up on here about what does it actually mean to be advanced? And does advanced actually mean what we think it means? So let's unpick that a little bit, because I think it perhaps sits with its foundations within imposter syndrome a little bit. So we we always have a look at other people. We're looking outside of ourselves. It's that thing of Instagram versus real life. So of course, if somebody appears to be further on than we are, then we think that they are more advanced than us, because what we're seeing is what is presented to us. Yet really, we'll probably find that most writers have exactly the same insecurities, look at other people thinking, my goodness, they're so much more advanced than I am, and we never actually get there. But I think this is a good thing that we, if we get to a place where we're saying, do you know what? I'm really advanced. I read it. I write. I read incredibly well. Well, obviously I do that. I write incredibly well. I think that's a bit of a problem that I get to a stage where I'm so arrogant to think that I've reached that place that I always wanted to get to. I've reached the pinnacle. I'm an advanced writer, a bit like an advanced driver. I've seen advanced drivers, by the way, who drive badly. So I do think there's something in this for us 
to acknowledge that by thinking we're not as advanced as other people, maybe that's a good thing for us because it's keeping us grounded. It's keeping us in that place where we acknowledge that we have got more learning to do. Now, you may have come across something called Kolb's learning cycle. And Kolb believes that we go through this cycle from identifying something that we need to learn. So we have a go at it. We then discover we can't do it. So we reflect a bit. You know, what does that mean for us? We then go off and do the research, the theoretical side to be able to fill in the gaps for ourselves. Then we do the pragmatic part of, you know, how is this going to work for us? How do we apply that learning to then put it into effect again as an action and go back around the cycle? Now, there's somebody called, I think his name was Shine, S-C-H-E-I-N, I think, or it could have been shown. Oh, gosh, I did my master's degree in learning in the mid-1990s. Uh, goodness me, I've just realized how long ago I did that master's degree. It's 30 years ago this October that I started that master's degree. So I can't remember exactly whether it's Shine or Shown. But anyway, this guy comes along and goes, hmm, Kolb's not got it exactly right because Kolb is saying that we return to the same place. So this idea of it being slightly different is that we apply that learning. So in the pragmatic part of the practical bit, and we apply the learning that we've gathered, that takes us to a new place. It doesn't take us back to the beginning. So instead of being a learning cycle, it becomes a learning spiral. And that spiral can be, do you remember like the old telephone cords where you could really stretch them out or they could be really, really tight coils. And I think that happens with our learning, that there are times where it's really stretched out. We're not necessarily um, learning exactly the same things all the time, but equally, we're so stretched out that maybe we're not applying the learning well. And then there's other times where we're able to stack the learning one bit on top of the other, on top of the other, on top of the other, and it takes us to a better place of knowledge, of expertise. So I do think that this attitude of you guys are more advanced than me actually helps us to then go and do that reflexivity, the, the, the reflecting on what we're doing now and what we might need to do next. And through that, we can go off and gather the learning. We can find a way. We can do podcasts. We can read books. We can go on writing retreats, go on workshops, or literally just sit and talk with other writers. Maybe actually it's doing what Ivy Niao said, and we read what other people write within our genre to help our learning. And from that, we're then able to be practical, apply that learning, and advance our learning on. And so we help ourselves to become more advanced, knowing that actually this is a continual spiral of learning. There won't be any stop to it. So knowing that other people are more advanced to us, that's a good thing because it's giving us a challenge. It's giving us an opportunity to identify what's the learning I need to do next. What do I need to do to take myself to a more advanced step? But what I'm noticing as I'm on the the start of the publishing journey with my debut novel is that all of those nerves I had at the very beginning of the process, they've come back in. I've got fears. I, I can't wait to get my edits. But oh my God, I am scared witless that I'm going to get my edits. 
You know, those two things are sitting side by side. And I'm sitting there thinking somebody like Philippa East is so good on her edits. She's got real clarity about how she does her edits. And here's me new to it. I don't even know what my editor is going to say. I don't know whether she's going to tell me I've got to do a complete rewrite on a section. So there's a bit of it that is about the fear perhaps then being an enabler rather than the fear being something that holds us back because I'm recognising that fear is something that is actually there, present through everything and I'm looking ahead at these other people who are more advanced than me and thinking, well, they can do it and I'm trying at the moment to talk myself into the attitude of, well, yeah, if they can do it, they must once have been where I am now. So if you're still in your first 10,000 words or you're still finishing your first draft or you're editing your first novel and you've not yet gone out querying agents, I've been there. I know the fear of each of those different stages. Will I be able to finish writing this novel? Will it actually be worth reading once I've finished it? Will people actually hate it? Will it make sense? Actually, will I just throw it in the bin because it's such a load of rubbish and twaddle that it doesn't deserve to see the light of day? All of those kind of thoughts, those writing demons that tell us that we're no good, I've been there, I've had all of that. Then when I went out querying agents, will they actually like, will I, you know, is this going to be a novel that they go, who the heck did she think she was writing this rubbish? Who did she think she was to think she was ready to go out querying? I had all of those thoughts. I've honestly gone through every possible writing demon, writing block, writing problem and I've had to do the whole talking myself down off the ledge. I've had to go and buy books that help me to understand where the gaps are in my learning, what I can do next. I'm going on a writing retreat at the end of October and I remember somebody who attended a writing retreat I've been on previously who was published and I was thinking, well, why do you need to come on a writing retreat? Now I get it because I'm sitting there going, I need to be on this writing retreat because it's going to help me identify what I need to learn next, what I need to do next, how I can take my writing up to the next level. So this, I was going to say question, actually, it's more of a statement of you guys are more advanced than I am. That's a brilliant thing to say because it's the thing that helps us all to reflect and ask ourselves, well, where have I been? What is that journey I've come from? You know, how have I developed over the last year, two years, three years. What do I now bring to my writing? We move house in four weeks time. Four weeks today, good grief, I haven't finished packing yet. I stupidly packed the whole of my TBR pile. What a rookie mistake. I'm going to have to buy some new books. But the thing I was going to say about here is that I found an old notebook. So I thought all my old um, attempts at writing were all on laptops or um, hard drives or discs or whatever. And actually, I found this notebook from the early 2000s that is me attempting to plot. I didn't even realise I'd ever had an attempt at plotting. I've got to say, I was trying to steal far too much from Philip Pullman, not even a genre that I usually read in. It was all trying to be a bit like the Golden Compass. I guess that's a recognition in my head that he wrote that beautifully it was really well written and really easy to read. And I wanted to emulate him a bit. But the important thing here is that as I read through what I had written longhand, 
I was reading it thinking, oh my goodness, this is so amateur. It's so babyish. I really didn't know what I was doing. And so it's simply been part of my learning journey because I don't write anything like that anymore. I don't write that kind of genre or even attempt to write that genre. I found my place. I've found my voice for now, and I'm sure my voice will develop over time. But that finding that piece of work has really helped me to see the journey I've been on. But, you know, more importantly, as I'm writing now with book two, I'm realizing what I've got to learn next. Or rather, I'm realizing that I've got gaps and need to understand what I need to learn next. So I think that's what I will get out of the writing retreat. And that will help me to advance myself a bit further. And then presumably doing my edits and working with a team to get my debut novel published, that as well is going to help me to advance my writing to a new level and help me go on that journey. But you know, I think I'm always going to look at all those writers ahead of me and think, you guys are more advanced than me. And that's okay because they're the ones who are going to be pulling me along with them. And I love that people like Philippa East, and I'm going to pick her out particularly, because she has been so supportive since I started writing my debut novel, which was mid-February 2022. She has been there on that whole journey with me. She's given me the cheers. She's been there to buoy me up when I'm feeling a bit low about what I'm doing. And all of that through social media never having met her. I only met her on Zoom to do the interview that I did with her for the podcast. And you know, she's been there supporting me all the way through. And I've got to say, there are so many writers who are like that. So if you're sitting there feeling as though all these other people are more advanced than you are, reach out. You'll find that there's people there who will happily help you, support you, hold out their hand to bring you along the journey with them. You are not alone on this journey. And if you are struggling at the moment, you can find me on, I'd say most social media platforms. They seem to be growing like Topsy at the moment, don't they? So I will say that you can find me on um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter that I refuse to call anything else and threads. And I hope one day I get the Sky code so I can be on there too. And I am Zoe Richards UK. On Facebook, I think I'm Zoe Richards without the UK, but you'll certainly find me with exactly the same photograph with a red top on and a blue jacket over the top and a grey background to it. So you'll be able to find me on all the social platforms. Follow me. Let me know that you're struggling and I'm happy to do for you what other writers are doing for me because we are all in this together and the writing community has to be one of the best for being there for each other and buoying us all up and helping us to learn and develop and grow because nobody on this writing journey is on their own. So I'll leave you to it for now. Happy writing. May the words flow for you and I'll see you on the next episode.